You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. Well, if you want a title for today's message, it's this, it's the ravens, the brook and the widow. And if you know your Bible, then you know that we're heading to 1 Kings 17. Boys and girls, why don't you grab some paper if you haven't got some, maybe your meeting sheet if you're using one, get some pens or crayons. And why don't you have a go at beginning to draw a brook? That's like a river or a stream. Get your blue crayons out. And if you can start there, because we are picking up the story of Elijah, a man of God, a prophet. He could hear God's voice. He moved in power, but he lived in what was a terrible time for the nation of Israel. You see, the king in Israel was Ahab. He was a wicked man. In fact, it says of Ahab, he did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. If you want to know more about that, you can read that yourself in 1 Kings chapters 16 to 22. But Elijah finds himself in this era under this king's leadership as a prophetic voice, bringing God's messages of judgment to King Ahab in a season when God is bringing judgment on Ahab and on the nation with a drought that is going to last years. Now, maybe you were thinking 2020 is not going great, but I've got to say, I think what Elijah found himself in was even worse. Turn with me, grab a Bible if you've got one, and let's read together. We're going to read 1 Kings 17 and verses 1 to 16. This is 1 Kings 17. Now Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there'd been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and she did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Well, boys and girls, if you've managed to draw your brook, well, why don't you have a go at drawing some ravens? They're big black birds that were bringing bread to Elijah. 
And then maybe you could draw the widow, a lady with a jar of flour and a jug of oil. These verses that we've read, they give us a wonderful account of God's provision in a really, really bleak set of circumstances. And I believe the Lord wants to speak to us today through these words to stir our faith in him. Now, I don't know what headlines you've seen this week. I don't know how much you follow the news. I know the news doesn't often make nice reading. But this week, there was just so much in the news about the economic situation. On just one day, I saw these headlines. First up, decline in global growth worse than feared. IMF, that's the International Monetary Fund. Another one read, UK economy hit by worse contraction in 41 years. On the same day, I then saw another headline and it read, Coronavirus, a visual guide to the economic impact. I gotta say, I didn't click on that one. I thought to myself, I'm pretty sure I know what that graph looks like. I know which direction it's going. I'm not sure I need to see that. And of course, many of us don't need to see the headlines to tell us that these are not easy times. And it's so, in some ways, natural for us to get anxious or fearful or worried. But the Lord is your provider. And he wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak right into your fear, right into your anxiety, right into your questions. He wants to use his word to stir your faith and to remind you that the Lord of everything is your provider. I read these verses a few weeks ago in my devotion and they were so alive as I read them and I knew and I know that the Lord wants to speak to us through them in this season. So come with me. We're just going to pull out four simple points about God's provision that I think we can learn from and will encourage us in this season as we trust him. First up, God's provision requires faith. God's provision requires faith, faith that will obey. You know, Elijah had to be willing to do what God asked, to go where God sent. This was central to him receiving God's provision. God gave him some pretty specific instructions. You know, he said, leave here, go eastward, hide in the Kerith ravine. You'll drink from the brook and I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Wow, ravens. Um, now, we would sympathize with Elijah, wouldn't we, if he were to question God a little at this point. It's like, you've done what? You've directed who? So sorry, who have you entrusted my well-being to? <laughs> my life now depends on some birds, birds that are scavengers. Great. You could imagine him just thinking that through and thinking, what is this? And yet it doesn't seem that Elijah questioned. It just tells us in verse five, it says, so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth ravine. And then a few verses later, when the Lord says, go at once to Zarephath, I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. Next verse, so he went to Zarephath. No arguing, no questioning. The Lord said and Elijah went. He was willing to act in faith, to be obedient, to depend on God, to be humble, just to go in faith and obedience to where God led. And in this account that we read today, the same is true for the widow. She seems to have just like the last little bit of what she's got left. And Elijah asked her first, first to make some bread for him. She just had a tiny bit left and then she thought they were going to die. 
To obey for her would be a step of massive faith. Would she still have enough left? But she did it. Her faith to obey unlocked provision for her, for her family and for Elijah. You know, God's provision requires faith and it's sometimes bound up with his provision for someone else as well. He doesn't always just view us individually. God is provider. He reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and the God who sees to it. He knows what you need and he cares about what you need. He is directing what you need. Our part is to trust him. Our part is to have faith in him, to go where he tells us to go, to do what he tells us to do, because God's provision requires faith. Point number two today, God's provision changes. You know, we can all read here in the text, clear as day, God says, you will drink from the brook. And Elijah went and he drank from the brook, just as God had said. The ravens brought him food, just as God had said. All was good until it wasn't. You see, we get told in verse seven, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now I'm fairly confident, I know how I might have responded if I was there, if I was in Elijah's place. I think I might have begun to complain a little bit to God. I might have said to him, Lord, you said I would drink from the brook. You told me to come here. You sent me here. I did what you said. You, kept, you told me to drink from the brook. I'm here. But now look what's happened. Now it's dried up. I'd be questioning God. I might be saying, what, did, did you tell me to come here? What, what have I not understood? Why is this going on like this? But sometimes the Lord gives us a means of provision, but it's not necessarily meant to be the means of provision forever. He is the provider. God was Elijah's provider, not the brook. The brook was a means of provision for a time. Elijah was required to be dependent on God, his provider, not on the brook. You see, for a time, the brook and the ravens had been God's means of provision. But God's provision changes. The brook dried up. Then God made another means of provision for Elijah. He said, go to Zarephath. I've directed a widow to supply you with food. It was the brook and the ravens. Next, it's going to be a widow in Zarephath. God was directing his provision and God's provision changes. If in this season you've had a source of provision that seems to have dried up or seems to be drying up, don't panic. It was not your provider. It was the means by which God was providing for you. He is your provider. He can direct how you are supplied with what you need. So don't be afraid if the brook dries up. God's provision changes, but he is your provider. Point number three, God's provision looks unlikely. You know, the Lord directs provision to be supplied to Elijah from two different sources. Firstly, by the ravens. Secondly, by a widow. Now, there's something that strikes me about both of these sources. Ravens, as I've said, they're scavengers. They normally rely on others to provide them. They pick up what others have left behind. And a widow, you know, widows in Middle Eastern culture, they were poor. 
without a husband to provide for them. They were often dependent upon the help that others would give to provide for them. And moreover, this widow was a widow in a drought, a widow who thought she was about to cook her last meal and fully expecting to die. These are the sources that God chose to use. He chooses the dependent. He chooses those who rely upon others. God uses them to provide. God's provision looks unlikely. You know, often when we need provision, we know the places where we think it might possibly come from. We think we know where it might come from. We think we know where it couldn't possibly come from. There are places sometimes that look more likely. I remember shortly before we moved to Coventry, we were trying to buy a house and we thought we'd found a house that seemed to be God's provision. It seemed to have everything lining up, the dates and how things were working, but it was a stretch for us financially. It seemed beyond us. I remember going for lunch in that season with probably the only person I would ever have lunch with who had any significant wealth. She was someone I thought a place where help might come from. I wasn't asking her, but in my mind, this was somewhere that looked likely. It was possible that help could come from this source. Now, in actual fact, God didn't provide that way at all. Although in the wisdom of the conversation with her, she helped me to grow in my conviction that God had prepared this house for us, but we had to have faith to take hold of it. If I remember moving in and getting into bed on that first night, in a new home thinking, I hope we can pay this mortgage. I'm not sure how this is gonna work. I hope it's gonna work. By the grace of God, he's enabled us to pay our mortgage every month. But you know, maybe the biggest shift in our finances came not from any likely source, but in the year that we made our first vision offering at CLM, where God provided in some ways that we had no sight of. I guess that takes me back in some ways to the first point that I made today. God's provision requires faith, but also it looks unlikely. Provision doesn't always come from where we think it will come from. It doesn't always come from the places that seem likely. We think we know where it might come from. We think we know when there's nowhere it can come from. But friends, we don't really know. We don't really know because God's provision looks unlikely. He takes those who rely on others and he uses them to provide. Those you might have expected to be receivers, to be the ones in need, they can become the givers and the means of provision. So if you're wondering where God's provision is going to come from, if you're looking around and thinking it looks unlikely that help is on the way, well, I want to remind you that God's provision looks unlikely. So don't be afraid. My fourth point today, maybe it's the most important, is that God's provision is enough. Verse 15 and 16 at the end of what we read today, it says this, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. I know there are many uncertainties for us. There are many questions to which I don't have the answers. I don't know the means by which God will provide, but I know this, his provision is enough. And of course, we could say, well, this is Elijah. He was a prophet. He was a man of God. What about me? 
What about an ordinary person like me? Well, Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, to ordinary Christians like you and me. And in chapter 4, verse 19, he says this, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches that are in Christ Jesus. He promises to meet all of our needs. I believe that the Lord wants to speak to you today to remind you that he is your provider, that his provision is enough. He is going to bring you through. I wrote down in my journal when I was reading this in my devotions, I, I put, I felt the Lord is speaking through these words. Trust me, the journey you're on, this journey of faith can withstand the most extreme conditions because the Lord is your provider. So as I finish today, God's provision requires faith. God's provision changes. God's provision looks unlikely, but God's provision is enough. So much life in these words, so much I believe the Lord wants to do in our hearts. So as I finish, I'm going to speak these words over you and pray them over you. Father, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are the God who provides, the God who sees and the God who sees through. We thank you for the encouragement of these words today that speak right into our hearts. We thank you that you provided for Elijah. We pray that you would help us to have faith and to be obedient and to follow and to do whatever you ask of us, that we might see your provision, your miraculous provision in our lives in this season. We thank you, Lord, for these words, that there was food every day, for Elijah and the woman and her family. And we pray that in this season and in the days ahead, we would have everything that is needed for us, for our families, for those that we can also help and bring provision from your heart and from your bounty, that it would overflow into their lives. We speak, Lord, over your people today, that the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry in keeping with your word. And just pray, Lord, for your provision from likely and unlikely sources, from the places that we can see and understand and the places that we don't. We just speak your provision that is enough over every person, over every family, over every business. And just pray, Lord, that we would walk with faith and with peace and we'd see you do something astonishing in us and through us as we trust in you, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Thank you, Lord. We look to you. Amen.